0: Baseball America named the Reds minor league player of the year. And if you've been listening to this podcast, you will not be surprised. I'll tell you who and why and get you ready for this pair of games against the Red Sox all on today's Locked on Reds. You are locked on Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds with myself, Jeff Carr, and my co-host Stephen Offenbaker will be back with us tomorrow as Tom Nichols joins us tomorrow as well. But you are Locked On Reds and we are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We are free and available on all platforms on this daily look at the Cincinnati reds brought to you by lifelong fans who i mean i'm an addict of the Cincinnati reds really have been for my entire life and i've turned that addiction into information for you we are going to talk about the reds and the red Sox as the series begins tonight with nick lodolo on the mound appointment viewing make sure you don't miss it but we are first going to talk about the wonderfulness the Epicness, the awesomeness that is Ellie De La Cruz. He has absolutely been phenomenal this year, and Baseball America recognized him as such. Shout out to friend of the podcast, Doug Gray. He got the chance to write the story about Ellie De La Cruz for Baseball America. And Ellie De La Cruz has just been fantastic. We have talked about his story before. He has come from pretty much nowhere. He had a small international bonus whenever the Reds signed him. It wasn't the kind of number that you see teams give to generational prospects, to guys who are going to absolutely change the fortunes of their teams. But that's what what Eli De La Cruz is. He is the kind of guy that we are just waiting, sitting, waiting, and watching for his arrival to Cincinnati. And there's a reason for it. He has everything. He has every tool that you can think of when it comes to the kind of player you want him to be. Uh, he's He was two homers shy. His, his season's done. He's, he's not playing any more games. But he's two homers shy of a 30-30 season. You are an elite minor league player if you can get there. There's guys like George Springer, Jock Peterson. There's, there's amazing names like Luis Robert, who, current guys who... Yeah, they hit that 30-30 plateau. But you're also looking at a dude who many believe will be in the top three conversation here probably next year. And Bobby Witt Jr., he missed the 30-30 plateau by one steal. Uh, Elliot De La Cruz missed it by just two home runs, but a phenomenal year for him. He was the only 20-year-old player to get more than 100 at-bats in the Southern League in the double-A. That's phenomenal. You're talking about a dude who is so far ahead of not only prospects his age, but prospects at his level there on AA that it's phenomenal. His entire year, he hit 304, had a 359 on base, and he slugged 586. You're talking about almost a 1,000 OPS for the entire year phenomenal numbers. And there's so many highlights, uh, you know, just to choose one would be hilarious. But I did pick this one because when you watch this, th- this is a very routine, if it, home runs are routine, this is a very routine home run for Ellie de la Cruz. But I want you to watch this. Absolutely phenomenal swing because I mean, it, it was easy, right? you just see that easy. It was easy power that he had on that pitch. That wasn't, he didn't, you know, get all of it. He got some of it. He went the other way. He had a nice, easy swing, easy power. And when you're talking about easy power for anything, that is phenomenal. Plus he's got all of the tools when you're looking in the field, when you're looking on the base paths, he's fast. In fact, people talked about, you know, like Billy Hamilton speed when they watch him run the bases and, and we thought that Billy Hamilton, I mean, at least I thought nobody else in the history of humanity would ever be faster than Billy Hamilton, probably a little bit high on the expectations there, but Ellie de la Cruz is right there with him. And it was great. Red's vice president of player development, Sean Pender, had this to say about L.A. De La Cruz's season. He said, we couldn't be any more pleased. And this is from Doug's article there on Baseball America. He said, we couldn't be any more pleased. What stood out is his volume of work at two levels. You know, you're talking about Dayton and Chattanooga. There wasn't a reduction in his production reduction, his production love that. When he went to double a for a kid, his age to continue to demonstrate the same level of impact is pretty remarkable. And yeah, it is. I mean, again, we're talking about dude who, when he joined the reds, there was no pomp and circumstance because he was just a name. He was a dude that got a couple of bucks to see if he can become a major leaguer. And it's a, no doubt. I mean, he's going to be a major leaguer. He's going to be a good major leaguer for the Cincinnati reds very, very soon. And I look at his body of work and I say that, you know, he's definitely going to be in spring training the next, this coming spring Training. We're going to see him in Arizona. We're going to see him in Goodyear next February and early March. I believe he should, based on what he has shown, I believe that he should start in AAA. Now where he starts next year is going to be very key as to how quickly he makes the major leagues, because if he starts in Triple A, we could see him the second half of 2023, maybe you know August, uh, possibly September, something like that. But if he starts in Double A, I'm a little bit worried about that. But I think he has shown he should start in Triple A. Every test that he has been given, he's passed. If you look at his season, if you look at what people say about him, and we're going to talk to Tom Tom Nichols about. I mashed them two together and came up with Tom Cruise. Anyway, get some more coffee on that one. We're going to talk to Tom Nichols tomorrow about Ellie de la Cruz and and some other things as well, but definitely want to get his firsthand take about what he saw with Ellie de la Cruz, because everyone has had nothing but good things to say about him. Even when you question kind of his plate discipline a little bit, and sure he strikes out a little bit, but he works around those so well. He's like a pitcher who walks guys, and we're going to talk about some guys like that, who walks guys but still somehow limits the damage. On the hitting side of things, sure, he will strike out a couple of times, but he's not going to be the dude that also has weak contact on top of that. He kills baseballs, murders them, and I'm very excited to see what he can do this spring or the, this coming spring and what he can do in AAA, because I think he is going to just continue to show that he is the guy that is going to change the fortunes of this team as the key member of the next Reds playoff team. I mean, seriously, there's not been a test he has given. And where he has, where he starts next year is going to be key as to when we will see him in in Cincinnati, but I believe that he should start at triple a. And I don't think it's going to take very long for them to realize triple a can't hold him either because there's not been a level of the minor leagues that he's not mastered and not mastered. Like it's not been one of those like double a. I think he was there for like a week, uh, in July. And then his first full calendar month in double a, he was the Southern league player of the month. His first Full calendar month, so you're telling me that he needs more time in Double A. No, bring him up to Triple A. It's time for him to see that next test because, as Cowboy said, and a quote that will resonate within my mind when it comes to these top prospects, you need to make sure that they fail in the minors before they get to the majors. Because if they don't fail and then they taste failure in the majors, it's going to be harder to overcome. And I think that he saw a little bit, at least you know, for 20 seconds uh, in Dayton. And to begin this season, he was a little bit slow to get going. But when he got going, it was like, holy cow. I mean, you see those season numbers. When you see numbers like that, hitting over 300, having a slugging percentage of almost 600, you're like, this guy never struggled. He did. The first month of the season, he was only okay. But he just took off in such a fashion, and he still has yet to come back down from that takeoff. And I can't wait to see what's next for LA De La Cruz, because he's going to be awesome. He's going to be awesome. Let's, let's uh, take our view from the future back to the present. And the Reds have just two more games against non-NL central foes. They host the Red Sox beginning tonight for just two games. What we can expect from this AL East uh, team that's not making the playoffs is coming up next. But first, uh, these days, every now, you know, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. You can create a job post in just moments. It's as easy as finding an empty seat in the lower levels at Great American Ballpark this year. Once your post is created, you can then utilize tools that LinkedIn has like the purple hashtag hiring frame that lets your network know that you're hiring. So your network can help you reach the best candidates available. Other simple tools like screening questions, make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience. So you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and eventually hire. It's why small businesses rank LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires against the leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MLB. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MLB to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply coming up tomorrow mentioned it already tom nichols will be joining us we're going to break down the minor league season specifically looking at how awesome ellie de la cruz is kind of like i just mentioned his awesomeness is very vast but we're going to also try to get some more details on that from tom nichols plus we're going to preview the just absolute girth of talent that the reds are sending to the arizona fall league a lot of guys that you're, you're going to recognize their names are headed to the Arizona Fall League for the Cincinnati Reds. So we're going to be all over that as that gets going later on. But I also want to get a preview from Tom Nichols of what we can expect from those guys as they continue to work through and hopefully up to Cincinnati. All right. The Red Sox are coming. The Reds had a split in two games earlier this season at Fenway, Uh different pitching, uh, probables in those two games, as you had Luis Castillo and Hunter green. Now it's nice that Hunter green is back, but obviously Luis Castillo not pitching in the series for the reds. You've got Nicoladolo though, tonight. Um, but yeah, when you think about the reds and the red Sox, I'm sure the first thing that comes to most of your minds is 1975. Yeah. These versions of that world series matchup leave a lot to be desired, but Hey, at least we get to see Nick Lodolo pitch, right? That is exciting. He has been phenomenal. So I mean, these last three starts, we talked about it, all of the K's, none of the walks, absolute beautiful performances. How does he continue that against this lineup? Because the Red Sox lineup is its strength. They hit the ball very well and they're actually a little bit better. It's not, they don't have huge platoon splits. Like we see with some other teams, <clears throat> the reds, but they're actually a little bit better against lefties than righties. They've got a team OPS of 763 against left-handed pitchers, uh, against a 721 OPS against right-handed pitchers. So, yeah, they're a little bit there. But honestly, the splits aren't really where you got to dig in. It's just the talent overall. The Red Sox have quite a uh, glut of talent in their lineup. In fact, it starts off with Xander Bogarts, who is tied with Aaron Judge. Uh, for the for second in the American League in batting average, Aaron Judge has a shot. I mean, he's he's got the homers and the RBIs locked up for the Triple Crown. He just has to get the average. He's one point behind uh, Laris Arise from the Twins. He's hitting three seventeen. Judge is hitting three sixteen. So the Reds could possibly help out Aaron Judge if they limit Xander Bogarts in these next two games. We'll see how that happens, though. Overall, Bogarts has had a phenomenal season, though. He's got an OPS plus of 137, but that's not the best on the team. The best on the team is Rafael Devers, and you know I'm sure our friends over at Lockdown Red Sox are talking about this quite a bit because both of these guys are coming up on seasons where it's like, hey, are the Red Sox going to sign them, or are they going to do some more Mookie Bet stuff and trade them away for almost nothing? I mean, Alex Verdugo is fine and stuff, but honestly... Would you rather have Alex Verdugo or Mookie Betts? And if you're the Red Sox, you'd rather have Xander Bogarts and Rafael Devers than probably what they would get in return. So, Because the, these guys are awesome. Rafael Devers, 141 OPS+. plus. They have five other hitters who have at least 100 at mats and have an OPS plus better than 100. We're looking at J.D. Martinez. Obviously, he has always been a good hitter throughout his career. He's got a 112 OPS plus. You've got some other names, some guys who are a bit younger or, you know, unproven some guys who've gotten some significant playing time here recently because the Red Sox are just trying to try out different dudes who have hit pretty well. Um, and you also have the young dude, Tristan Cassis, a guy that I had advocated that the Reds tried to trade for at the trade deadline. Didn't work. Obviously Red Sox didn't want to trade him at all. He's gotten a taste of major league playing time. Hasn't looked great so far, but he shows power. Could be interesting to see if he gets a hold of one here, great American. And, of course, with the Red Sox coming back to town, that means that Tommy Pham, an old familiar friend, is returning as well. We are family, right? Something like that. I don't know. For a guy who who was here for, what was that, three months? Three and a half months? Does that mean that he's familiar? I don't know. Whatever. That's a question for later times, I guess. Um, But as a Red Sox, he's been a better hitter than he was with the Reds. He has an OPS plus of right at 100. So right at league Average uh, for Tommy Pham there with the Red Sox. He has five dingers with the Sox. And ironically enough, in that stat category, he still is tied for the third most homers by a Reds hitter this year. And obviously he hasn't been a Reds hitter for a little while. So yeah, he has 11 home runs as a Red, five homers as a Red Sox, tied with Joey Votto for third most on the team. Of course, Joey's not going to get any more this season. Kyle Farmer just went into second place in, uh, that, uh, Cardinals series with the dinger that he hit, he's got 12. I don't think he's catching unless he goes on a super tear, which I would love to see, but I don't think he's catching Brandon Drury. Brandon Drury will finish the season as the Reds most prolific home run hitter. And he hadn't hit any, uh, hadn't played any games with the Reds for a while. So yeah, anyway, that's just a quick depressing look at who's hitting home runs and who's not. Uh, looking on the pitching side of things, at least for tonight, the Red Sox are starting a very promising prospect for the future of their team. Brian Bello takes the mound for the Sox. Now you're going to look and they're going to show his numbers and they're going to show an ERA over five. And you're going to think, oh boy, here we go. This Reds lineup has a chance to get right. Not so fast. My friend, we're talking about the third ranked prospect in the Red Sox organization, and they had a pretty talented farm system coming into the season. He has good stuff. Couple of plus pitches just has inconsistent command. However, his fielding independent pitching his FIP and his ex FIP are considerably lower than his ERA. In fact, his FIP is in the twos and his ex FIP is in the threes. And again, I said, his ERA is over five, so he's getting unlucky. And it's even more corroborated when you see that his BABIP, batting average on balls in play, is 3.95. League average is right around 300, so it's almost a hundred points higher than where league average is. Uh, yeah, he's getting unlucky. So we're talking, and we're also talking about a dude who gives up lots of ground balls. He's a ground ball pitcher, not a fly ball pitcher. Now, the only thing that he hasn't shown at the major league level, something that he kind of showed in the minor leagues, is that he he's not striking out that many guys probably something to do with that command a little bit. He's just trying to make sure that he doesn't walk guys, but he does have a slightly above average walk rate. It's not egregious or anything like that, but we're talking about a dude who to this point, his numbers don't describe him. His numbers don't adequately show the talent and the arsenal that he has. Hopefully the Reds don't show what kind of talent and arsenal that he has as they are want to do with lots of different pitchers, but don't be surprised if this Reds lineup gets shut down tonight. Why brand while Brian Bello is in the game and Red Sox fans are really happy about their young pitcher after tonight, because he's got the talent. He's got the stuff. He's just been unlucky. So, just get ready for that. We'll be interested to see how that plays out, but I am super excited to see another start for Nick Lodolo. He has been a joy to watch for pretty much most of this season. I mean, honestly, outside of that start in St. Louis that I referenced quite a bit, where he he admitted he didn't have control of his pitches, he's looked phenomenal. And I hope he continues that here tonight. Not many more starts for the big lefty, who I, I kind of agree with, uh, with, with Steve at this point that as of right now, he's my opening day starter for twenty twenty three. Uh, he's just he's shown everything that you need to show. And I think he's gonna continue that here tonight. But it's gonna be a good test for him because this Red Sox lineup is pretty good. All right, so I talked about Ellie de la Cruz and that got me thinking, how are some other prospects looking this year how how have they looked as most of their seasons are done i know triple a still playing i think double a maybe has a couple of games left um and you have playoffs for different things like the the lower a's and things like that but for the most part everybody's done guys like jay allen chase petty connor phillips those kind of names are coming at you next But first, I wanted to let you know that after the podcast is over and in between podcasts, you can follow us on Twitter. You can follow me at Jeff Carr with three Fs. You can follow Steve at S Offenbaker with two Fs. And you can follow the show at Locked On Reds. Lots of great stuff coming for you, like during games and after games and things like that. In between shows, if you are so inclined to see what else we're thinking outside of the bowels of the recording button. All right, the, the Reds have a lot of dudes, man, a lot of prospects. And I know, and that's been the theme that Nick Kral has tried to tell us since the offseason. He said that we are going to build from within, which I know that's a thing that Reds' front offices have said for years and years and years. I've grown up hearing that, and it hasn't worked yet, but they've stockpiled talent. There's lots of talent coming up through the minor leagues. Now how it pans out is the question, right? Because there's definitely been some varied results. So we'll look at a couple of dudes. We'll look at some dudes who are far away, not ready to come up just yet. And a couple of dudes who we're going to see next year in spring training and get excited about them. Um, and, and maybe our expectations just a little bit. Uh, let's start first with a guy who I've, I've kind of marked him as a dude that I'm very interested to watch his development. And that's Jay Allen. Jay Allen was a compensatory round pick for the Reds in 2021 out of high school. Now, every prospect has a high range of outcomes, right? You can be a major leaguer or you can never sniff the major leagues. That's just how it goes for some prospects. But with Jay Allen, they said that this, there's such a high range of outcomes. He could be like one of your best players on your team, or he could not even make triple A. We'll see exactly how his development goes. He's got immense talent. When you're talking about athleticism, his speed, his arm, he's fast. He can play well in the field. It's just going to be how does the hitting come along? How can he uh, handle himself in the batter's box? How does his game power come along? Because he has raw power, but raw power doesn't equate to game power. Uh, With those high range of outcomes, he looked amazing whenever he was first drafted and put into the Arizona Complex League. He played 19 games in Arizona and he slashed. He had a 328 batting average, 440 on base, 557 slugging. Those kind of numbers get you excited. Now, this year he's gone through adjustments and lots of them, and we've seen his slash line take a big hit. He hit for the season, he's hit 225 with a 347 on base and only slugged 324. So those are the kind of numbers that get you worried when you see that huge dip as he was going through Daytona and he finished the year in Dayton firmly expect that he will begin next season in Dayton as well. So I'm looking forward to getting Tom Nichols impression on him as he watches him play a lot more. He he's got the tools and he's got a lot of exciting things about him. He just needs more time to hone them. He's only 19 years old. He's got a while. Like, I mean, we, we talk about Ellie de la Cruz and how excited we are. And he's only 20 years old, but Ellie de la Cruz is on a different level from JL. That's it's just the reality of that. He's got a lot more work to do. Another guy who has lots of talent, but a lot of work to do is chase petty. Now chase petty has something that is absolutely phenomenal to me. And that is, he has done very, very well, he's very adept at limiting passes. He's not giving up a lot of walks. And it's great because whenever you look at his scouting grades, his command is something that they kind of, you know, they rate it as, you know, that needs work. He's got a plus fastball and a chance to have a plus plus slider, which is phenomenal to see, uh, two really good pitches. Now his changeup is just okay. And he needs to work on that along with his command. But as those things come along, it's going to be exciting to watch because scouts are waiting to see how that develops. And and, and even though the command is kind of rough, he's still been very good at limiting walks. The other thing that he's very good at is uh, he's, he's displayed an adept ability to induce ground balls, almost 60% clip in Daytona ground ball rate. That's good. I want to see a lot of ground ball pitchers coming up through the system because Great American ballpark ain't changing anytime soon. We need ground ball pitchers unless they go out and they build like a Petco park or something like that for the reds. And they got a big outfield and you can hit fly balls that turn into outs right now. Fly balls turn into home runs at great American ballpark. So hit them on the ground. That's what I want to see. And that's what he's good at doing. And he's only 19 as well. He's right there with Jay Allen. There's still lots of development left for him. Still uh, plenty of room for error. Plenty of time to figure out what that error is going to look like, but he still has the ability to add strikeouts to his game. That's a very encouraging thing to see with the stuff that he has and and his command development and things like that. I want to see that happen, but very promising for both those guys. Very young, still lots of time left in their development. Jay Allen, Chase Petty, looking forward to seeing how they come along. Now a guy that we were really excited about early on in the year, he started his uh, minor league season in Daytona. He's since moved up to Chattanooga is Connor Phillips, the player to be named later in the uh, Jesse Winker and Eugenio Suarez deal. Connor Phillips showed stuff. He has a nasty slider, absolutely beautiful fastball. And he plays with them so well that he gets high strikeout numbers, like really, really high strikeout numbers. Great strikeout rate. Here's the thing though, that command. Well, buddy, a little bit of worry about that because when he went up to trip or when he went up to double-a, I mean, he already had some walks. He had a high walk rate in Dayton. He walked 32 guys in 64 innings in Dayton. He's walked 34 guys in 45 innings. So 21 innings less, he actually has two more walks or 19 innings. I can't do math. 19 innings less, two more walks in Chattanooga than he had in Dayton. That walk rate has got to come down. But what's crazy is, and and he's, he's got high walk rate and he's not a ground ball pitcher. He's a fly ball pitcher. So there's a little bit of, um, concern there, but you know, some fly ball pitchers have worked here, just not a ton of them, but you would love to see him give up more grounders. But even around all of that, he limits the damage. It's because his strikeout rate is so high. There were a number of different highlights and, and things that I saw from Dayton this past year with Connor Phillips. I confess I haven't seen too much of him in Chattanooga. But when he was with Dayton, there was a lot of just, boy, he walked two guys. Uh, there's two guys on base. He walked both of them. There's, the bases are loaded. He gave up a single and walked two guys. And then he strikes out the side there's something about it. It's like his brain, like when he gets into trouble and there's guys on base, he steps it up. And that is an ability. That's not something that you see scouts give a grade for. I don't know if that's a clutch gene, but it's something to watch out for because Connor Phillips has shown the ability to pitch around trouble early on. Now he is not as young as Jay Allen or Jay Allen and Chase Petty. He's right there. He's 23 years old. So He's getting close to where, or no, I'm sorry, he's 21 years old. So he's getting close to where you're like, okay, we're starting to think about the major leagues, at least age-wise, but how he develops that command is going to be so huge as to when he makes the major leagues. Now, two guys who we are going to see in spring training next year, and spring training is going to be huge for both of these guys, Matt McClain and Brandon Williamson. You might remember Matt McLean talked with Steve. Uh, it was about a month ago, I think. We have that. You can check it out on our YouTube uh, YouTube channel, and I think it's on. I think I had that on the podcast feed as well. But yeah, really great conversation with him. He talked about how coming up to Double he really wanted to focus more on adding power to his game. With that, his strikeout rate has taken a hike. I mean, it's up there almost 10% more than where it was when he played in Dayton. When he, had him, when he played in Dayton, he had an amazing slash line. He was like two, almost 280, getting on base 35% of the time with uh, over a 450 slugging. He still has that slugging percentage, but you saw him take a dip in batting average. He was only hitting 220 in Chattanooga this year. I wonder, and, and obviously spring's going to be so huge for him, what he does in Arizona, but I wonder if they almost don't give him a full year in Louisville. Now, part of that's going to be what's Jose Barrero up to? How is his development coming along? Is he still having trouble at the plate? You probably might see Matt McLean up in July or something like that. But I wonder if the Reds don't flirt with leaving him in the minors. Now, he's 23 years old. It's not as if he's 19 and we still got a lot of time to see him develop. We're getting to the point, and, and in fact, uh, I saw on fan graphs, he's rule five eligible at the end of 2024. You don't want to play too much, play more around with that talent if he's not going to be ready. So I, I would love to see him in the major leagues next year. I think it's all going to depend on how they rate his approach at the plate. And another guy who should be up next year, he should be a rotation candidate in spring training next year. But I want you to temper your expectations. That's Brandon Williamson. Brandon Williamson has been rated very highly by multiple outlets, whether you're talking about Baseball America, Fangraphs, things like that. He's been in the top 10 of the Reds' organization since the Reds acquired him. He was a top 100 prospect at one point. His biggest thing is, though, he got pulled up to AAA, and he started walking guys, and he stopped striking them out. In fact, the difference in walk rate and strikeout rate is only 3% in Louisville for Brandon Williamson. And that's been the biggest issue for people is where the strikeouts gone. because also he is not a ground ball pitcher. We have over 160 innings now of Brandon Williamson pitching in double a AA or triple a. And all through that time, his ground ball rate has been less than 40%. So yes, th- this is a guy that, you know, he's got four pitches and they all have some pretty nasty looking stuff to them. It's just, can he command them? And if he can't, because I saw Fangraphs gave the comp of um, Blake Snell, which you're excited about that. Blake Snell's a talented pitcher, but if he can't command, and I mean, you got four pitches that he's good with, but if he can't command any of them, I, we might just be talking about Cody Reed here, which we all know what we, we all remember Cody Reed, Cody Reed, highly talented dude had some trouble with the command. And that trouble with the command is really what kind of, limited him to the point where whenever he was let go, it was kind of like, man, just sucks. Cause he was the top dude. He was the main dude in that Johnny Cueto trade and not even he worked out. So we'll see what happens with Brandon Williamson in spring training, but I'm excited. He's got the talent. He's just got to figure out what's going on with the strikeout rate and the walk rate and things like that. But spring training is going to be huge for him and Matt McLean and what they do next year in Cincinnati. All right, that's going to do it for us here. I mean, the Reds have so much talent coming up through their system. It's exciting, but it's also risky. Not all of these guys are going to pan out. I hate to say that because I want to see every one of them do that, but that's not the way this works. That's how we're going to wrap up this edition of Lockdown Reds. Coming up tomorrow, Tom Nichols, We'll be here, and he's going to break down the minor league season, Elie De La Cruz's awesomeness, and the plethora of talent that the Reds are sending to the Arizona Fall League. Thanks for making Locked On Reds your first listen. Now make your second listen, Locked On MLB. Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and a unique perspective to the top stories that are swirling around the major leagues. You can check out the Locked On MLB podcast. It's just like Locked On Reds, free and available on all platforms. All right, two more against the Red Sox, and then we're back to just playing the division for the rest of the way. Plenty more to see, lots of guys, lots of questions to be answered. We got Nick Lodolo coming tonight. Make sure you keep it right here because we're going to be locked on Reds every single day.